Wait, it's not Saturday? What's going on? Of course, it's a bonus episode of The Magic of Wrestling. What should we call this, James? Uh, Clash of the Castle review. Extra. Extra. Magic Extra? I don't know, no yeah. idea. Yeah, but of course, this is a bonus episode. I'm going to be speaking to my good friend James Moore, and we're going to talk about Clash of the Castle. Let's have some fun. And of course, Mr. Moore, how are we? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How yourself? I am not too bad. I mean, like I said, it's Wednesday. I'm going to try and get used to this, but you know, uh, good week so far. Not too bad. Not too bad. Getting on the work and everything. So looking forward to the weekend. Right. Have you got anything planned for the weekend? Uh, just gigging with Van uh, up at uh, Darlington and then uh, over in Doncaster. Sweet, sweet. Do you know you can plug that if you want while we're here? Go ahead. Yeah, if uh, anyone wants to check us out, we're called Fully Lynched uh, from Barnsley. Four young lads that are just absolutely mental. We're, we'll play anything from 60s to present day, rock and pop, everything in between, from Abbott to ACDC. Go check us out. We've got a YouTube channel as well under Fully Lynched. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, super band. I obviously do listen to them as well. So, yeah. Now, normally we record Saturday, which I mentioned earlier, but we're doing something different today. We're doing a bonus episode and we're covering... Where are we covering, James? Uh, Clash of the Castle that I really wanted to go to, but I couldn't. Uh, so my brother went instead and he brought me back uh, a Bloodline t-shirt, which I'm very happy with. Yeah, I, you sent me a picture of that and I was quite quite impressed. So, yeah, all we're going to do is we're just going to run through the show and just see what we think. So, now the attendance was 62,296. What do you reckon to that attendance? I reckon it's a good starting attendance just because, obviously, uh, with the press conference that Triple H gave saying that it wants to do it at least minimum once a year where it wants to bring WWE over to Europe, that being England or UK, Germany, Italy, Spain, France. It's a good starting point because obviously the Principality Stadium isn't the biggest stadium in the in the UK, so they could probably go higher, they could probably go to Manchester, go to Etihad or uh, Old Trafford or even go down to London with Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or Stamford Bridge, so they've got room to improve, they've got room to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, this is this the only one they've done in the UK? I've not followed the tour dates. Yeah, this is the only one they've got so far, but obviously with the news that Triple H has wanted to bring them over to, to Europe a bit more within the future. So, never know. Could end up in England again, which I hope it does, because then might be able to actually go to that one. Yeah, you can actually go and get your own shirt. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean... It's, Obviously, I've just managed to watch the show myself. Overall, what do you reckon to the show? Keep it short. In short, I loved it. Yeah. When I said short, I mean literally that short. So, <laughs> fair enough. Right, so we'll obviously run through each match. So, so the first match was obviously on the pre-show. We'll talk about this briefly because we've only seen bits of it. It was... Yeah. Madcap Moss, Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins versus Austin Theory, Chad Gable and Ortiz. And this match were only 6 minutes 29. Do you think this match were a little bit too short? Well, the thing is, I 
I'm not a big fan of a pre-show at all, to be honest. Which so they've had the match six minutes long, which for me is the perfect length just to get the crowd amped up because it's pre-show. They're wanting to have a little bit of a, a match just to get people excited for the main show. So for me, it was perfect. Just short and sweet, both baby faces and heels uh, doing things correct to get crowd going. Obviously, Madcap Moss with some explosive uh, rope runs and power game, and Chad Gable just being a brilliant, annoying heel that he is. <laughs> what about Ortiz? Uh, Ortiz? Ortiz. Ortiz. He's, he's one of the... He's, if you remember back in very early Shield days when Roman Reigns was just a silent heel that could literally just rip your skull in half it's, it's kind of like that Otis but obviously he's not as um, not as threatening should I say yeah what about theory now there's a lot of people saying he's going to be the next John Cena do we see this do we not I could see him being the opposite of Cena being obviously Cena was always a face Obviously, uh, when it was a Doctor Thugonomics, it was a bit of a heel, and then it turned face. But I could see Theory being the heel version of John Cena, which would actually be quite interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. So I rated this match a three star. I don't know if you rated it. Uh, I gave it a B, just because uh, obviously it's a bit in the middle. It's not. Uh, it's not great, but it's not bad. It's got room to improve. So. There you go. Yeah, and for a pre-show, would you say that's a good match, the good little thing for it? Yeah, I mean, you've got um, two teams there. Uh, obviously, Alpha Academy and Street Profits are an organised team. They're quite a developed team, which are really good. And then you've got Mad Cat Moss, which is a reliable person, and Austin Theory is a desp- despicable heel, like uh, a petulant child that get, uh, were getting pushed to the moon because of Vince. So you've got quite a good recipe for a match there. So I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Awesome, awesome. So that gets the pre-show out of the way. Let's move on to the main show. So the first match was Bianca Belair, Asuka and Alexa Bliss versus Bailey, Eosky and Dakota Kai, formerly known as Damage Control. What do you reckon to the match? I thought it was a good, solid opening match. Uh, showed off the top female wrestlers in company. Um in my honest opinion, I think that the finish was perfect. As obviously, Damage Control have just returned. Obviously, Dakota Kai and Eosky making the uh, full debuts on the main roster, bringing back Bailey. It would, it it ju- it just wouldn't make any sense to make them lose the first match back because obviously they've just come back. They're an actual team that obviously they came out together in their entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, Belair, Bliss and Ascal came out separately which obviously doesn't mean everything but just showed kind of like in the storyline that they're more of a team sort of thing if you get what I mean mm-hmm. um, I also have to say that I loved Bailey's reactions to the crowd singing to her mm-hmm. she, she was like I'm not a face I'm a heel shut up and everyone just ignored her just kept singing to her and she just kept getting really really annoyed there is one thing I want to see out of this, though, and I think there's a lot of people in the WWE universe that want to see this, and it's Asuka versus Io Sky in a singles run. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I'd love to see that. 
Now, obviously, Bailey pinned Belair, so do you think this is going to be a title feud in the making? Oh, definitely. It, it, it's This is going to push Bailey versus Bianca Belair quite a lot, which I'm actually really looking forward to because uh, I do think that it'll be quite a good matchup. I mean, I think as Bianca faced Charlotte and Becky now, so she's basically working her way through four horsewomen. Yeah, absolutely. So the match was obviously 18 minutes 41. What did you rate? I gave it an A just because it wasn't perfect, but it mm-hmm. was a good starting match. So setting the bar quite, bar quite high at the minute, uh, but there's always room to improve, which we'll see later on. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I gave it a three star as well. It's like a bot. I call it like a borderline match with some good mm. spots in it, but we shall definitely see. Now, the next match was, of course, the Intercontinental Championship, Gunther versus Sheamus. And I see the look on your face, so I cannot wait. But what do you think to the match? Absolutely unreal. You've got two Arditing Bulls who were just beating the absolute hell out of each other. You've got Gunther, who's slap, and my brother was there, and he said that he was right up in the nosebleed section. You could hear Gunther's slap from all the way up there. Wow. So you could, just, you could just imagine what Seamus' chest were feeling like. I mean, I saw the match myself. It was red raw. It looked like he'd been put through a paint stripper. It's just completely tearing his chest apart, red as hell, and it was just brilliant. Obviously, Seamus being the hometown boy, which <laughs> they tried to make it out like it were, even though he's Irish and not from Wales. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the crowd's reaction were fantastic. Uh, good spots. Uh, I liked the Celtic cross from the top rope, and mm-hmm. uh, obviously Gunther's chops to uh, Seamus' chest. Uh, I think they did really well with time that they were given because uh, I don't think they were given a lot of time but obviously you've got two very big boys that have just Triple H probably just said to him right you've got a match I want you to go this long just do whatever you want me and lads have just gone right we'll do it like this and we're going to put on an absolute showcase and obviously I really loved the end where obviously Gunther won which I thought was right because He's only just recently won the IC title. I mean, it would just seem very silly and a bit ridiculous to take it off him already. Yes, Seamus does deserve to be um, the champ- uh, the IC champion because then it becomes uh, he's got held all the titles. He's a Grand, uh, Grand Slam champion, which mm-hmm. he does deserve because of the career that he's had. Uh, but it's a bit early yet. To be taking the title of Gunther because he's only just started rolling. But for me, that match is Seamus's best match in his career. Yeah, absolutely. So I gave it a five star. I mean, I think you've just pretty much summed the match up really well. Two physical fighters just going straight at it. Obviously, Seamus like solved the injuries and stuff. What did you mm. rate it? I give it an A, a-, a plus. Yeah, I think if to anybody who's going to be listening to this. Go back and watch this match because it's absolutely brilliant. And like I said, what, the crowd. What what I will say, sorry, Liam, to cut you off, but um, I actually loved the beginning of the match. Obviously, when Gunther and Imperium came out, they brought back another part of Imperium. There mm-hmm. was um, obviously Pete Dunn, who was called Butch for some reason, <laughs> and uh, the other guy, and they just went. Helpful leather, there's Gunther and Seamus in the ring just staring at each other for five minutes while the other guy's just 
beat the absolute hell out of each other. And just like, hey, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> then let's just beat the absolute crap out of each other. Let's get it on. Yeah. So you mentioned, obviously, the names and stuff like that. What's your opinion when it comes to name changes in WWE? Just why did they change it from Pete Dunne to Butch? Why? Yeah, it's I one mean, of them. It's, it's it's Pete Dunne. Everyone knows him as Pete Dunne. Like what? Changing from Walter to Gunther when the first match that the first time that he came onto the main roster, everyone just called him. Everyone just shouted Walter. Like why do you need to change the name? People know who they are. They're not going to call them another name because you tell them to call them another name. Yeah, I think that's a good little thing to end on. I mean, you've said that pretty... <laughs> I can't add on to that. You've said it pretty much how it is, to be honest. Well said. <laughs> so we'll move on to our next match. It was the SmackDown's Women's Championship, Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. What do you think to the match? I felt quite sorry for him, if I'm going to be honest. Because I thought the crowd was absolutely exhausted after Sheamus and Gunther match. Plus, you put that at the side of Liv Morgan's. I don't want to sound awful, but it's a title reign's been quite mediocre. Mm-hmm. She's not looked a strong, credible champion at all. Just with the way that she's won matches, the way that she's kind of just like weaseled away out of matches and gain out of things and what have you, but. Anyway, they did really well to get the crowd somewhat into it. Obviously, Liv were fighting through uh, submission offences, countering with MMA stylings of her own, obviously being trained by Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. Thank God we can call him Matt Riddle again. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously you've got someone like Shayna Baszler who is a genuine fighter. She's a former U- UFC fighter and a, a Bellator fighter. Just... Liv Morgan's attacks just didn't really seem credible because she'd kick her in the leg and you'd literally think that it was a child kicking Shayna because of how weak the shots are low. And if I'm honest, it just seemed a bit too slow, the match. I'd have preferred it if they'd have come out and just gone all guns blazing and gone 100 mile an hour sort of thing. Yeah, so the match was obviously 11 minutes to from a women's match. Is that fair? Is that a little bit too short, too long? It, it For me, it entirely depends on who you have in the ring because if you put, say, Sasha Banks against Asuka in an 11-minute match, they can make some real magic. But mm-hmm. Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler seems as though they, didn't re- they kind of ran out of ideas as to mm-hmm. what to do. Do you think this was like because the way the match was placed? Obviously, after the Sheamus match, do you think it'd be a different story if it were placed like somewhere else on the card? Possibly, uh, but like I said, um, it entirely depends on who you have in the match. Um, I think they are possibly building to uh, Shayna versus Ronda, mm-hmm. which. I would quite like to see that just because obviously they've both got MMA backgrounds, they're both quite physically intimidating females. It's it's just a case of how can the salvage Liv Morgan's reign without making the other women in the on the roster look weak? Because they need to 
find a way to make Liv Morgan look credible without her either burying people or um, looking like they're trying too hard to put her over. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's well over with the crowd, so what would you change when it comes to Liv then? Obviously, how would you book Liv to be like the credible champion, as you mentioned? I would put her in matches against uh, people like Nikki Cross and Doudrop and have it so that she basically works her way up from being an underdog again because it just seems as though she's gone from an underdog to being champion to then she's getting away with things and getting away with victories that just don't seem credible. So you need to have her being a workhorse again instead of just being like, right, she's going to do this in this match and then she's going to win, but she's not going to get away with it clean. She's going to do it by a roll-up. So you need to have her facing people in 10, 15-minute matches where they're beating her down, she doesn't give up, and she just keeps coming up with intelligent, realistically viable ways to defeat better opponents. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that totally. So what did you rate the match? I gave it a C plus, just because obviously, like I say, crowd were exhausted, they weren't really into it. They tried the best to get the crowd into it, but just didn't seem to they didn't seem to be able to connect with the crowd, which is really unfortunate because I really do like Liv Morgan. I like the Shayna Baszler character that she is a legitimate fighter that could rip your head off. But <laughs> just them two together just when you have certain superstars together, the the click really well. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, fantastic match. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle. We're going to get on to that later. I'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. it. Uh, I mean, back in the day, John Cena, Edge, phenomenal yep. matches. and John Cena, got, Randy Orton. John Cena, Randy Orton, exactly. <clears throat> then you've got uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, fantastic matches. You've got Bailey and Sasha Banks, that one-hour Iron Man, Iron Woman match at TakeOver. That has got to be my favourite women's match of all time. So yeah. Like yep. Well said, well said. I'm really, obviously, enjoying your little opinions on this. So, the next match is Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio versus the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley. What did you think to the match? Um... It were a really nostalgic match with Edge and Ray turning back the clock, if I'm honest. It were like watching them in 2002. Uh, if you remember when they went after the uh, tie- the, the tag titles on SmackDown, uh, mm-hmm. they were hitting their old double-team signature moves, which I thought was really good. And you have to think as well, they're getting on quite a lot and they've had quite a lot of injuries. So the fact that they've been able to do that with their, with their respective ages and injuries, it's really quite good that they've been able to put on that kind of show and I absolutely loved seeing Edge come out on his entrance with a luchador mask on yeah the crowd pop for that was absolutely brilliant so oh, did you, what I found absolutely amazing is the fact that the crowd was singing that loud that you couldn't actually hear Metalingus by Alter Bridge because they were <laughs> that loud I was like oh my god and then I saw the tweet from Edge a few days after saying that he couldn't actually hear his own music. So 
when he did when he does the thing with his yeah. hands to put the fire off, it was a bit out of time. So it, the, he did it, and then there was a slight delay, and then the steam went up, which is quite funny. I think the thing is with his entrance, though, you can actually do it like that. You can literally just go think it can be delayed; it don't matter. But yeah, yeah. Overall, the match. Uh, like I said. Turning back the years, Judgment Day acting like typical heels, obviously trying to distract Edge and Ray by uh, Rhea attacking Dominic again. She's absolutely obsessed with that kid. I swear there's something going off there. Um, Obviously, towards the end, double teaming uh, Edge and Ray when possible. And then we get to the big kicker, Dominic turning heel. Now, that comes into my next question. It has been kind of predictable for the past month. What did you reckon to the heel turn? In a way, I was kind of disappointed at the way that they did it. I would have preferred if it had turned heel during the match, but I did actually like how they did it. Because mm-hmm. obviously, uh, on Raw, uh, Dominic was backstage with Ray, with Kurt Angle, and um, Dominic was saying, why don't you pick me, Dad? Why don't you pick me? And Ray was saying, I need experience. I need a Hall of Fame. But I still want you out there. And obviously, the camera panned to Dominic, and I think everyone caught on. Yeah, he's he's turning heel now. So mm-hmm. it's a bit. It was a bit too obvious, uh, if I'm honest. But we didn't actually know how they were going to do it. But for me, it's been a long time coming because Dominic needed a change. He's not the best performer. He's not the best on the mic. Is if I put it this way, it's going to sound awful, but. There's a lot of people online saying that Dominic Mysterio has been on uh, Raw for two years and Logan Paul was at Mania and SummerSlam and he did better than Dominic Mysterio has done in two years. Yeah, this, I think the surprising thing with Logan Paul is the guy can actually wrestle. Mm. I really hate saying that because yeah. for, for certain reasons I'm not a big fan. I'm not going to say that to him like that. <laughs> but it, so obviously Edge and Rey Mysterio won this match from the the storyline point of view did the right team win I would probably say yes because obviously Edge they wanted to give the fans a feel good moment of them winning turning back the clock and just giving it a real nostalgic feel to the match and then, obviously, with the way that they had Dominic return and they had, uh, obviously, Judgment Day on the other side of the ring, absolutely wet in the sense, laughing at him. I, and I absolutely laughed my head off when I saw Finn Balor wetting him, saying, go on, at him, just pointing to him and laughing. I thought that was hilarious. So, um, I'll probably say that they did the right thing, just because, obviously, it's given Edge and... Uh, Ray are winning. They're all happy. Everyone's up. Like everyone was really glad that they'd won. And then obviously the big swerve is Dominic Way- uh, turns heel, kicking Edge in the nether regions, and then clotheslining his dad. Um, so yeah, I, th- I don't think that they made the right decision. Right. So obviously the match was twelve minutes thirty six. What did you rate it? Uh, I gave it a B plus. Right. So I gave it a three star. So why did you give it a B plus? Just actually. Just because obviously, like, uh, there's there's going to be more ways to build character with obviously Dominic turning heel now. 
there's a lot of people saying that they should do the uh, Eddie Guerrero China bit with uh, Dominic and Rhea Ripley, which I would find quite funny because obviously he's got the mullet already. I mean, you could you could go so many ways with this. You could be Dominic. Uh, comes out says that uh, he's no he's never been a Mysterio he's always been a Guerrero you could if possible bring Vicky Guerrero out and say that uh, she is his stepmom he's always been a Guerrero never been a Mysterio this that other I mean you could just go yeah a thousand ways with this and it's going to be brilliant because then he could say oh the judgment day is my real family you've never been my real dad blah 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 I mean they're going to they're gonna invoke Eddie Guerrero's name at some point in this rivalry. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we'll move on to the next match. Now, we mentioned this briefly. It is Matt Riddell versus Seth freaking Rollins. And I'm saying it out of Ruttit, by the way. Oh, Liam, that's why. Oh, watch your language. <laughs> what did you think to the match? <clears throat> Great storytelling. Fantastic storytelling. I mean, obviously, continuing on from Monday's shoot style promo with Matt and uh, Seth in the um, split screen, sort of like how we are. Uh, and then Edge, uh, Edge uh, Seth bringing up Matt's real life problems at home with his wife divorcing him and leaving kids, and Matt legitimately dropping, dropping the F bomb on live TV. I mean, it just. It just like uh, made you think this is a actual legit fight. This this could actually turn properly physical. I mean, Matt Riddle yet again, like Shane Baszler and Ronda Rousey, they are is a legitimate fighter that could kick your head off, that could kick mm-hmm. your chest in. He's a he's a proper tough dude, um, and I just love the methodical start to it. It started off quite slow, but then obviously it went up through the gears and. There were finisher theft sequences. Obviously, Matt Riddle did the pedigree. Uh, Seth Rollins did. It was like a reverse um, uh, of Matt Riddle's uh, finisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. But it it looked more like a neutralizer, the one that Cesaro used to do yep. when he was at back. Um, but, and then there's obviously the big kickouts uh, down uh, main stretcher uh, match. Obviously, sending, making the crowd get even more into it. Um, and it was just a really, really good version of the genre of match it was, which were, which were obviously, Matt Riddle gained a bit too emotional uh, because of the match. And Seth Rollins being um, a really obnoxious heel, taunting him and everything. Obviously, using Orton's signature stomp as well on him when he was mm-hmm. down on Matt. Um and it kind of split the crowd uh, down middle. Half were cheering Rollins, half were booing Rollins, and obviously everyone wanted Riddle to win. Um, and then what I loved is that Riddle actually grabbed a chair to hit uh, Seth with it um, because it just showed that it was getting that annoyed and that frustrated with him that he actually wanted to hit him with the chair and hurt him. Uh, obviously, match ends, ends by Riddle getting back in and, and getting a stomp from Seth, which... That's a typical heel tactic, isn't it? We've seen it a thousand yep. times. Just, but just showing how frustrated and personal rivals become, which for me, that we've not really seen one of these matches in quite a long time. We've not seen a rival like this in a long time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, apparently there is reports that Riddle and Seth have got real life, you know, few. So there's mm. kind of like 
brings it in. So the match was obviously 17 minutes 22. Seth won by pinfall. I rated it a four star. What did you give it? I give it an A. Right, yeah. I mean, it's not as good as the, I think, the Gunther and Sheamus one, but it was still just as good. Yeah, obviously, you, you've got two completely different con, uh, contrasting uh, matches there. You've got Gunther and Sheamus, which are two big bulls just beating the absolute crap out of each other. Then you've got two quite technically smart and quite technically gifted uh, wrestlers in, Red, in Riddle and Seth. I mean... Seth Rollins could have a five-star match with anybody. He could have it with a mop if he needed to. I mean, that's what <laughs> Triple H would say. could have a five-star match with a broomstick and you'd believe it because he's that good and Seth is that good. There's a lot of people saying that he's due this because of how many people. Obviously, he's put Cody over, he's put Roman over, he's put so many so many people over. And I do think that this was actually the right um, result because, obviously... They weren't on the previous pay-per-view card, which everyone was wondering why. And the reason was is because Triple H didn't think that there was enough build to the match. Obviously, there's a lot more heat that can come from it. I could see this going to Extreme Rules and possibly onto Royal Rumble because you can build this and build it and build it and build it. I mean, Extreme Rules, obviously, if they do have an Extreme Rules match, it's just going to be anything goes. So you're going to have these two swinging bats and kendo sticks and chairs and anything they can grab onto. And you could have a 25-minute slugfest where they're just absolutely beating the absolute hell out of each other and everyone will love it because that is the match that people want to see. Yeah, I think the match I'd love to see with these two is like a last man standing. Mm, definitely, just, yeah. Just, just sit, just literally, just beat the shit out of each other, so nobody can't get back up. Yeah, yeah. We shall definitely see on that one. So let's get <laughs> head to our main event, which was, of course, the unit. Undis- let's make sure I get this right because it is a long one. It is the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match: Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Now, I just want to point one thing out. I love the fact that Drew McIntyre brought an old entrance back. So. That's the one thing I've got from that. But what do you think to the match? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I was same as you, Liam. As soon as the, as soon as the clip cut to the cutscene of Broken Dreams, I was just like, oh my god, they're doing it! They're actually doing it! Thank God for that! And then I kicked it because I actually pitched this to my brother. I said to him, I want him to bring back Broken Dreams and then go into his new theme, like when uh, Edge were against Rollins. Mm-hmm. And he did the brood, and then obviously did the uh, talons up, and then obviously did the meta, brought into meta lingers, which I thought were really good. Um, for me, this were just timeless pro wrestling uh, magic. Both men had crowd in their hands, crowd on Roman's back all the way through. Every single time he got the upper hand, they were booing him out the building, and then when Drew got on, uh, got ahead, everyone were cheering. Um, Roman's ever since he's become the tribal chief at the table Roman Reigns has got so much better with his character work with his promos obviously he's been taking lessons from Paul Heyman that's easy to see for me now Roman doesn't need Paul Heyman but the fact that he's got him means that it can keep going can keep pushing him can keep saying to Paul what do I need to do now what do I need to do now what do I need to say now and you're just going to get better and better and better. Obviously, he's on a lighter schedule. We're not going to see him as much, which is 
gutting because you want a champion that's going to defend it at every single pay per view. You want to see him every week. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the, it's just one of those things. But um, what I loved as well part of the match is that Roman's storytelling of him being more scared than he wanted to actually uh, let the fans onto and let people actually know because you could see it in his face when he were in Superman punches, pain, two count, kick out. When he were in Spears, two count, kick out. And then when he the, when he got drew in the guillotine, it looked as though it were fading. Then he popped back up, and Roman was just like, "What do I need to do to beat this guy? I can't do it. I just, I just can't do it." Um, I mean, perfect timing with the big bombs. Obviously, the Claymore kick in the future shock, future yeah, future shock DDT in Superman punches, in Spears, everything was just perfect in this match. Um, and then, obviously, we had the big uh, surprise, well, bit of surprise, uh, Austin Theory coming down to cash in, mm-hmm. goes to the announce desk, and who should hit him but Tyson Fury? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, didn't sound, he didn't sound uh, so enthused about that one. Well, it was just obvious what was going to happen. It was very obvious what was going to happen. I, I said either... He's gonna knock out. He's either gonna interfere so that theory can't get involved, or the Usos or someone will interfere on Roman's behalf and he'll get involved so that he was it up. But obviously, this way theory it mirrored uh, Rollins cashing at Mania between Reigns and Lesnar, mm-hmm. which I I thought was quite good. Uh, then you get into the near falls, which created a fantastic atmosphere with uh, crowd. And then uh, what I loved as well is when um, they're counting the one, two, three from the spears and the claymores. Obviously, the kick uh, there were kick uh, a lot of kickouts. And then obviously we get to the end of the match where crowd were convinced that Drew were winning. Um, you could just you could hear it in crowd. They were all chanting for Drew. Um, and then, I've got to say, I actually really liked the ending. I really mm-hmm. liked the way that they ended it. We obviously, a lot of people, obviously, in the UK wanted Drew to win. They wanted him to win on home, home soil like British Bulldog did against Bret Hart back in uh, with SummerSlam. And then you could just hear how deflated the crowd were when Solo Sokoa pulled the referee out. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I'm probably one of the probably one of the very few people that actually loved it. I mean, pulled the referee out. You could see it with him straight away with his, with his facial hair. Pulls it off, and Drew McIntyre's just like wheel. And then spear one, two, three. Everyone booed. Chorus of booed. Boo, boo, gentlemen, boo. Oh dear. So the match was obviously thirty minutes forty-seven. I gave it a four star. What did you give it? I gave it an A plus. Right, yeah, absolutely. For a good overall, good main event. Yeah, I really loved it. I just, I just thought if you want to have a massive um, stadium show in a country that you've not been to in thirty years, this is how you end the show. Obviously, us in the UK wanted Drew to win because then it's a bit of bragging rights against Americans somehow because mm-hmm. the UK is beaten. Uh, US, 
But for me, just perfect, obviously. Bombs dropping all over with big moves, uh, kickouts uh, with near falls, and it was just perfect. And then you've also got the question, if not Drew, who? You've which, got, which you've got Cody. That, that actually brings me to my next question. You're jumping the gun a little bit, yeah? <laughs> Go on then, man. Who is going to dethrone Roman Reigns? I've got three thoughts, which I think everyone's already thought of. I know one of them. Cody? Yep. Braun? Interesting. Ray. Wow. And one of them could be coming. Well, it's kind of in the... Is it? Is he come back? Who knows? We, Bray. we know Braun's obviously come back, but... We shall see, but I think everybody's leading towards Cody Rhodes, so I think that's going to be the odds-on favourite. Yeah, it's, it's it's going to take a lot to get someone else over, as much as they have with Drew. Obviously, quite organic with crowd because they wanted him to win. The, he looks a legitimate person that could beat Reigns because obviously he's a big boy. He's very mm-hmm. uh, strong. He, is very athletic. I mean, the way that he keeps up when uh, he does claymores and things like that, it's just, you won't think that a bloke at six foot seven would be able to do something like that. <laughs> you, you would, would you? Let's be honest. No. I mean, Cody, after them three, I could probably see Cody as the only legitimate person to do it. Obviously, Braun's already held the Universal title. Obviously, it was in the pandemic era uh, with the Thunderdome. Wasn't too good. It beat uh, Goldberg in a bit of a lacklustre um, match of Mania. Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. with the Fiend character, he doesn't need the world title. What he needs is, he needs the mentality of, a lot of people have wronged me and... I'm going to take revenge. So then he just completely destroys everything. You can have it that the Firefly Funhouse, Firefly Funhouse comes back. That's a mouthful. He takes some, yeah, yeah. Every single time he takes someone out, a scratch comes on the wall. And every single time that he does, the Funhouse gets more uh, diseased. And it's like almost like the like Bray Wyatt is losing control of the fiend. And mm-hmm. when he does that, because my th- thought is Bray Wyatt was born in the wrong time. He should have been in WWE back when Gangrel, Sergeant Slaughter, Phenom Undertaker back in the day with Ministry, he should have been back in them that day because he is that sort of character where you go through the WWE, you've got a policeman, you've got a sergeant, an army sergeant, you've got a vampire, you've got... A a phenom, you've got this, that, and other. But if you give Bray Wyatt creative freedom and just say, right, Bray, what do you want to do? And he says, I want to do this, 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 this. You give that man enough uh, freedom, he will weave you money. He will give you every bit of money because he could turn anything into gold, that world. Like I said, Cody Rhodes... Everyone was Cody Rhodes. As soon as he came back at Mania, everyone just lost their creative minds. Is if he can, I'm praying he can. I would have him return at uh, Royal Rumble, win Royal Rumble, go on to Mania, face Roman at uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, I'd love to see that as well. We shall definitely see. So, overall, 
Clash at the Castle, how do we rate it? I'd get A. A, some good Don't matches. Roll. Yeah, I, I, I said, I said close to a B. There were some good matches. Obviously, the mm. Seamus Gunther one really blew me away. The main event was great. I was really disappointed with, the, obviously, the Women's Championship, which we discussed, but... yeah. Now, overall, great pay-per-view, so that pretty much wraps this up. So, don't forget, you can tune in to Wrestling with the Paranormal on Fridays, The Magic of Wrestling on Saturday, All FM Wrestling Show on Sunday, all live on the FM Wrestling's YouTube channel. You can head to fmwrestling.com. We're always putting a load of stories on there. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash fmwrestling. Buy yourself a nice shirt. One last thing from you, James. Is there anything you want to plug? Don't think so, mate. I just want to say thank you for having me on again. Obviously, a lot of people weren't too happy with my uh, list of the greatest of all time, which uh, I completely understand each to their own. So, yeah. Yeah. Even I got personal comments saying, don't let him pick a list again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And I'll see you all in the next one. Magic Man out. 